Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Bess is Hashem Shalom Bayer Shir number 257. We are in the middle of discussing coping with typical solvable problems. We mentioned in the last two shiurim several of them. In the last year we talked about parenting and towards the end of this year we started talking about the physical intimacy aspects and the sex aspects of a solvable problem. And um, he has a few more... Um, things to talk about in regarding physical intimacy, which we're going to discuss today, and then we'll move on to principle number six, and then number seven of the seven principles of marriage uh, that make marriage work by John Gottman. So he talks about five different ways that you can make the physical intimate aspects more personal and more romantic. Now, he writes here that the goal of sex in the long-term relationship is to have fun. Now, we'll talk about that. We always know and fun is not an end of its, in and of itself, but there is an important aspect to have that fun aspect in the physical relationship. There's no question about it. Heightened closeness and also to feel valued and accepted in this very tender area of your marriage. So one of those ways is to redefine what you mean by the word sex and what you mean in general in regard to it. So um, romance, again, we're going to use that term romance, not in the way the American uh, nonsense way of depicting it. What I mean here is more that spark, that connection that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave between a woman, man and a woman, a husband and a wife, that is a very uh, strong connection of a spark, of a chemistry, and that is what I mean by romance here. And um, you'll see very often what's people have this notion that in order to better their sex life, they read up manuals and technical ways of how to improve that. Now, I'm not saying it's never important. We talked about how porn is the worst place to get it from. It's poison. And if there is issues where you want to learn or know how to better the sex in a practical, uh, physical way, there are professionals, competent um, healthy, mature, professional, objective marriage counselors that you can go to to get that information for. But what he found was, unfortunately, is people are hyper-focused on the technical aspects of the anatomy of the sexual performance when they want to improve their sex life, but they rarely discuss the sex in the context of the relationship, of the communication of how you handle conflict. Um, and on the other hand, relationship books really talk about sex. So he realizes this is a problem. You have you go into the book section, there's a section on sex, and it's very mechanical. You go into the, the other section about relationships, it'll talk about the relationships, it won't mention sex at all or very little. That's the problem. It cannot be separated like that. This separation happens, unfortunately, with couples in their bedrooms too. 
when sex becomes a technique rather than a certain passion and communication, and the result of it is being very anxious about sex. Men worry too much about their erections. I'm sorry to put it plainly like that, but men obsess about their erections and their penis size and so on and so forth, and the women worry about achieving orgasm, and both become self-conscious, and it's difficult to talk about, and there's a certain isolation that happens when you feel insecure and inferior in those areas. And you need to do stop thinking about sex as orgasms and erections and things like that. And what you need to do is have a realistic expectation. And you need to understand that the more you hyper-focus on the technical performance of things, the less likely that you'll enjoy the connection with one another. And, and paradoxically, it's less likely to happen to happen because if they're the 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 goal-oriented approach of i'm going to um be quote-unquote physically performing in the optimum level and i'm going to make sure my wife has that big orgasm and so on and so forth create sexual dysfunction you you're 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 creating excessive pressure in these type of things and instead of doing that instead of hyper focusing on the performance of the end result of what you want where you imagine what you want instead you simply enjoy being present the pillow talk the cuddling the touching the caressing the kissing the normal aspects of it all positive and interactions to sex and the foreplay of it, and then what happens later happens later. This greatly reduces anxiety about sexual dysfunction, and it makes the entire experience more pleasurable. When you don't focus on orgasms, and you don't focus on erections, and if there are physical issues that pop up in during intimacy, dryness, or, or on the on the on the, in the wife's part, or erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation on the man's part, even if that does happen or occurs from time to time, you know if it's ongoing, you could speak to professionals on how to treat it. But if it does, if it's just on occasion, you let it go and and you don't you don't focus on that, you know, perf- end all performance. And that greatly reduces anxiety about all these areas. It's also very important, and I know there's a concept of tzniyas, when you discuss your sexual lives together. We talked about this before, but you need to be sometimes direct, and very often even a wife needs to be certain direct. It says, yeah, she can't say certain things verbally, but nevertheless, it has to be very clear. And when you have a suffolk, you could ask a Shaila if you want, but if a wife would ask a mentor, a Rav's, a Rebetzin, and so on, and um, she would ask, tell him, tell the Rebetzin, you know, I want to communicate this particular thing that's important to me, but I feel maybe it's lack of sneas. Most of the time, the Rebetzin will tell her to be somewhat more direct. Could be wrong, but I believe that's the case. 
because a lot of it, what we call tzniyas, is not really tzniyas. It's more that people feel so vulnerable about this issue. It's that they feel very vulnerable, defensive, and they feel themselves being judged, and and because it's so personal. So it's very hard to discuss it because of that. Not necessarily because it's, uh, you're a tzenua or because of tzenius. And, for example, I'm just giving this as one example, if on rare occasions the husband's very affectionate and kisses her uh, and, uh, you know, even outside the bedroom, but he does this very, very rarely, but she loved it. She loved it, and she wants that to happen more. But he doesn't know that, because he's not told. He did it once in a blue moon, but she loves it. And she'll feel, eh, it's not sneistic, you know. Eh. But no, it's important for her to tell him, I love when you do this. I love when we sit on the couch and sometimes we snuggle and sometimes we become sexual even outside the bedroom. I love when you touch me this way or that way. You need to be open about those things. You need to be patient with each other as well. You have to discuss the sexual matters, frankly, between the two of you to avoid the unnecessary, unhealthy shame. There's tinnitus, but then there's unhealthy shame. Unhealthy shame is could destroy a marriage. Unhealthy shame prevents you from enjoying sex in a kosher oifen in a teradika way. It's important to express sexual needs, sexual desires with your wife and with your husband. Otherwise, they won't know. They're not mind readers, and they need to know and understand. And the more you communicate and work through it, the better it will be. And another key, and I know this one is a hard one. This one is a hard one. Don't take it personally. And I acknowledge this one's a hard one. Why is it so hard? Because it contradicts everything what sexual intimacy is. It's so intimate. It's so personal. It's so vulnerable. So it's very hard when one of them shows a lack of interest or a lack of desire or a lack of attractiveness or whatever it is that they feel lacking in that area. They get very, very sensitive to it and take it very, very personal. And what's very important is is not to take it personally. A husband needs to know that there will be nights, even when sex is planned and scheduled, it could even be a mikvah night, even after a long stretch, where she will, may not be in the mood, or the body's just not responding, because of whatever the reasons are. Him also. You need to know not to take it personally. And if there's a tiredness to explain, it's because you're tired, I love you very much and not to take that difference in sexual desire between one another in their levels or the way, you know, whatever it is, not to take it personally. We talked about a lot of this in previous shiurim. We're going to talk about it in a future shiurim because it's a very important key. And to compromise. To compromise uh, in the scheduling of the sex, in the frequency of the sex, in the experimentation of the sex and sometimes you have different again we know you cannot pressure Khalila 
cannot cause be controlling with it. It needs it needs to be mutual, but they need to really work with one another with that and compromise and meet somewhere in the middle. Okay, um, we're not going to get graphic here, but there are certain things that she may want that he's not comfortable with, or vice versa. And what she says makes her feel relaxed or what makes her feel good. And he's not necessarily always comfortable providing it or the other way around. And they need to learn to compromise. They need to learn to work through whatever discomfort they have and work with each other towards being as accommodating to each other as possible. But again, without pressure, with giving each other time and realizing there's ups and downs in the sex life, just like there's ups and downs in all aspects of life. And it'll benefit very much the both of you if you not, um, you know, hide the conversations. And it's very important, for example, if a husband tries to initiate uh, the sex and the wife rebuffs him, not to fall into the silent treatment or expressing anger, but instead you talk it through and work through work through it. Okay? And they work through that in those interactions. He explains, um, you know, she, she explains why she's not in the mood right now or that she's occupied or she's upset about things and so on and so forth. And you work it through. Another thing also it's very important is that many couples find it uncomfortable discussing on how to initiate the sex and also how to refuse it gently when they're very, very tired and they just can't, they're just not up to it and, and they really don't want to do it. So it's very important to work on a ritual or an approach, whether verbal or nonverbal, that you both can expect, that you both can count on, that you both could look forward to. Now, this may seem um, unromantic because you're scheduling things and then you're working out codes of when you're interested and when you're not and when you're um, um, you know, up to it, when you're not up to it. But it gives you opportunity to politely recline and with the other party not taking it personally. And, and so on. So it's very important is to, ref, if you're refusing the sex, you have to do it very gently. You explain to your husband or to your wife, whichever way it went, I love you very much. I love being with you always. But right now I need to take a rain check. I'm just simply not up to it. I'm very tired. Uh, had a very hard day. My mind is spinning. But I love you very much. And if we could take a rain check, I hope I'll feel better tomorrow night. Or, uh, you know, and so on. I'm just too wiped out. Um, so that is refusing in a very gentle way. You need to learn how to do this. And a no, you have to learn how to cope with a no. Now, that's also easier said than done. Right? Because when a wife says, let's say the husband initiated, the wife says, not tonight. Let's say the not tonight that she said was already the third consecutive night of not tonight. So the husband will respond with hurt, with frustration, even anger. It's understandable. It's understandable. But the more he's frustrated, the less likely his wife will say yes. And um, again, but on the wife's side, she needs to understand and know 
that uh, to be sensitive to realize when she says no very often how it can be very hurtful and sometimes she has to go out of her comfort zone to want to um, to want to um, connect. But the truth is, is in a normal, healthy husband-wife relationship, um, a husband who, um, um, you know, it, it's very, very interesting that he says this, but um, he, he gives an example like this, John Gottman. A husband is very interested always in having the sex, the, the, the wife less so. And... Um, John Gottman calculated, you know, basically, that if the husband complained and sulked and subjects her, his wife to the negative behaviors when she declines, they end up having the sex once every three weeks. But if he rewards her no with positive payoffs, in other words, she said no, and he says, I understand, what would you like to do? then the rate soars four times a week even, or like more, a lot more often. It's counterintuitive. This seems counterintuitive. But the studies that he, 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 he studied shows that actually the husbands are rewarded with more sexual experience with their wives when their wives say no and they handle it in a positive way. The frequency of the sexual encounters between that particular couple will usually increase when the husband takes the no graciously and responds with kindness. It'll be more inclined that the next time around um, um, she will be more forthcoming. So those are the few ideas and, and situations and aids that he gives, which is based on studies and makes a lot of common sense on how to handle um, solvable problems when it comes to the sexual intimacy aspect of the marriage. Have a wonderful day.